Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You will not ever, ever regret taking the time away from your career and putting it into your baby boy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I love doing this because it's different than anything else I do during the day. I don't prepare at all for what I'm about to do. I'm answering your questions. In fact, if you have a question for me, email me at podcast at grangersmith.com, and then I'll take these, walk through it randomly like we're just two friends talking about something that you want to talk about. It could be something deep about your family or a relationship or a job, or it just could be something uh, uh, really simple. Either way, email me once again, podcast at grangersmith.com. We'll, we'll throw it in the queue and we'll get to it like we're sitting around a campfire. We're going to jump right into it right now. Uh, the first question comes from Anonymous. If you have a question for me uh, that you want to be anonymous, make sure you include that because you know that I'll just roll right through it. If not, also, um, my only request for you is, well, two requests, really. Don't send the same email twice, and don't make it longer than about a phone length. It makes it much easier to read and to sort through if it's about a, if your issue is about a phone length, okay? Uh, the first one is from Anonymous, and it says, Hey, Granger, about a month ago, my husband and I got baptized and joined a church that's not my parents' church. We prayed about it for a long time and have peace with this. This is the church for us. The churches are very similar. We just felt more comfortable here. But since we told our parents we're going to join there and get baptized, the relationship is just ruined. It was even so bad that my parents didn't even show up at our baptism. They barely talk to us anymore, and there's tension whenever we are together. It hurts me so much. I don't understand how someone could be upset at us that we found God and got baptized. How can we try to get along with them or deal with this hurt? We've been 
uh, we we have tried talking with them, but this hasn't helped. My dad thinks that their church is the only church that's right and goes to heaven, but that's not right either. Okay. Uh, Anonymous, thanks for the question, and I'm sorry that, that this is the boat that you're in right now. You know, Jesus promised that he would come and that separates, that, that, that families would separate in knowing him. It's, it's unfortunate that it happens this way in our earthly time, that we see families uh, split apart by this. But let's dive into a little bit of what, so we could help understand the division. Let's dive into your question, and I want to I want to I want to be able to dissect this as much as I actually know the situation because I don't know the denominations, I don't know the churches, I don't know if you got baptized before. Now this is a second time, or if you never got baptized and why you never got baptized in your parents' church, and and now you're, there's a lot of unknowns here. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best dealing with a lot of unknowns. Um, the first thing I know is. Your parents and your church, your parents' church and your church, although you say they are similar, very similar, you say, um, I, I don't think that that, I don't think that's right. I don't, I don't think they can be very similar and this happen. I think there's something more to it, and I think that's, um, that's going to cause my answer to be a little iffy here. Because I feel like if they were very similar, if they were like-minded church, if they were a very similar church, uh, um, then your church would affirm that the old church, and the old church would affirm the new church, and be like, oh yeah, down the street, that so-and-so, yeah, they are just like we are. That's obviously not the case here, and your parents are, are showing that. Um, your parents not showing up at your baptism, that's another thing. The, the question I have is, were you converted after you left your parents' church? You, were you converted later in life um, through the conversion, which, okay, here we go, something else. Let me just throw a spike in this right now. There was a great book called Conversion. It's a nine marks book. It's called Conversion. It's, um, it's a very short book, and if anyone wants to know more about conversion, becoming a Christian, what it, what it means to die and be reborn. Uh, this is a great, just little book to jump into. So side note, throw a spike in it. Take take that for what you will. Uh, conversion is what it's called. It's a nine marks book. Um, and so were you converted after you left your parents' church? That's a, another question I have. Um, and then this whole, they barely talk to you anymore, and there's tension whenever you're together. That's weird. And I'm, I'm putting that on the parents regardless of this church and what they believe, and regardless if, if they did not show up at the baptism, the fact that they don't talk to you is weird, and that, that's a strike against them. Um, and then you say, I don't understand how someone could be upset that we found God and got baptized. You could, if it was a bad church, and, it, and if it was a weird, if, if, if it was a false church and a false baptism, then you could be upset, but that still wouldn't account for the parents not talking to you. So that's kind of like a, a strike in either either mark here. This is a difficult question without me knowing anything else. And then you say, how can we get along with them 
or deal with this hurt. We've tried talking to them, but that hasn't helped. Um, to that, I say, if you if you had a feeling this would happen, um, was it necessary to leave the parents' church to make you feel more comfortable? That's the word you use. We we feel more comfortable at the at the other church, the new church. Was that necessary with knowing that now you're going to make your life uncomfortable because of the way your parents feel? I mean, surely that when you visited the new church, your parents showed you like, hey, we don't agree with that, and we're not going to talk to you anymore if you did. Like, surely you had an idea that this was coming, and yet you chose the new church because you felt more comfortable and made your whole personal life uncomfortable. That's weird. See, there's a lot of weirdness going on here. And then the very last thing that you said was, um, no, the second, yeah, last thing you said, my dad thinks that their church is the only church that's right and goes to heaven, but that's not right either. That's a, definitely a strike on dad. Um, and I will say each time, this is just a side note, you capitalized church with a capital C, and and there is only one capital C church, and that's, that is the church of God, and that is, um, every church you're talking about is a lowercase c, that is a community church, a local church. So it's important to realize that too, like, Dad's right that the capital C church is the only way to go to heaven, like, he's right about that, but he's not talking in terms of capital C church, he's talking lowercase c. So there's a lot of unknowns here. And because I don't know anything about this, besides the fact that it's weird, and there's and if, besides the fact that I know there are things that I don't know, uh, because of that, I say, love them because your parents, they are your parents. Love them, forgive them, pour into them, be selfless toward them. Uh, don't judge them. Regardless of if you feel all of that coming at you, you feel judged. Um, you feel not respected. You feel not honored as kids. Uh, regardless of that, forgive them, love them pour into them, continue to try to cultivate a relationship, continue to have a good conversation about the lowercase c church. Hey, Dad, could we walk through maybe some of the differences that you see? What are the differences, Dad, that you see in this new church? Because we feel like it's very similar. What are the differences you see in our church and your church? And why do you think that this should bring tension to our family? And why do you think that your church is the only one that goes to heaven? And and let's Let's try politely and nicely to pin him down on these doctrinal issues. Like, let's get him to speak specifically about, here's what the Bible says, and here's what your church is going against with what this Bible says right here. Your Bible says this, and our church is going, your church is going against it. And our church over here is affirming it. And here is a couple links to some YouTube sermons that our pastor did that affirms this. And here's a couple links to your church that denies this. Let's, let's get there because if you can get there, then you can go, wow, Dad, you were right. Here we come. We're coming to your church. Or maybe your dad will go, okay, that's like a third-tier issue. You guys, I, I understand where you're coming from. Maybe, just maybe, through prayer and through kindness and th- through you guys just pouring into them because they are your parents, maybe this could be resolved that way. Next question is from Jenna. It says, hey, Granger, 
I love the godly advice and wisdom that you bring to each and every question. I'm sure I'm one of those questions that you probably roll your eyes because you hear it a lot, LOL. I'm 30 years old and desperately desire to be married and have a family. I'm very active in my church, but live in a very small town. I have tried online dating, and all that that does is bring me anxiety. I know that God is sovereign, that he wants me to be single. (laughs) I know that God is sovereign, and if he wants me to be single forever, then so be it. I am constantly fighting this battle of knowing that, but still desiring a husband and kids. I guess my question is, how would you tell me to, to balance being content in my stage of life he has me in, while also being proactive in searching for a spouse? Also, if you know any godly single men, I'm not opposed to long-distance dating. Thank you for your podcast and your time. I've never done anything like this before, so it's a little awkward for me. Yee yee. Okay, Jenna. If you've never never emailed a podcast like this or asked a question, asked a question, um, thank you. It's th- that's a big step. Maybe we could start there. If it's if it was if this is something that you feel awkward about and uncomfortable because you've never uh, been vulnerable enough to reach out to someone like this and tell them, you know, kind of throw your laundry, your dirty laundry out there. Hey, then maybe that's a good place to start. Being vulnerable, uh, admitting that there is things that you don't know. That's always a huge thing. Now, that's the thing I battle with, you know. I want to always be able to keep my ears open and, and to seek understanding, right? Because there are the majority of things in this world I do not know. I know a, a sliver of things. So that's great. That's great that you've opened yourself up like this. Um, and I think you're in the right place. First of all, 30 years old, super young. You're, you're super young. Um, I know the world wants to tell you that you're... You're of the right age to get married, Jenna, uh, but but there is no. You're not putting it off. It's not like it's not like you're saying I'm 30 and I'm putting it off because I'm I just want to stay single. You're not doing that. You're saying, look, I'm open for all options, and I'm realizing that my that my biological clock is at a good place. So there you go. Um, but don't listen to the world saying there is a deadline you need to be on because you do not. Um, very active in church. Good. You live in a very small town. Good. Uh, if you tried online dating, but that brings you anxiety, good. I, I totally agree. I could see that. And then you say this, I know that God is sovereign and he wants me, if he wants me to be single forever, then so be it. Okay. But, here you go, I am constantly fighting this battle of knowing that, but still desiring a husband and kids. I get it. I get it because you know why? Because you're human. You know that God is sovereign. You know that he has a plan for you. You know that he has a purpose for you. You know that it's already written. You know you're walking in it right now. But here's the big but you say, but I still desire a husband and kids. I would bring that to God. You could live in the Psalms with this kind of this kind of thought. You could like live and meditate in the Psalms. I would go to Psalm 1 and just start working my way down. There's 150 of them. It'll take you a long time. But you could pray through the Psalms or pray through the Bible. Have y'all ever done that? It's a great way to kind of cultivate your prayer life. Go through the Psalms. We'll start there. You could do any of it. Start there in the Psalms and read a few lines of it and pray through it as though you're praying that same prayer great exercise. And what you'll see is, you'll see this same attitude throughout the Psalms. You'll see, God, I know you're sovereign. I know you are good. I know you have a purpose, but also you know my heart. You know I desire a husband and kids. 
And I know that if I'm seeking you with all my heart, if I'm delighting in you, you will give me the desires of my heart. Not that he will give you what you want, but he will give you the wants. He will cultivate new desires within you and start to kind of suppress old desires. If you're seeking him, if your prayer life is healthy, if you have a good devotional reading time every morning with your word, your personal time in the Bible, you have no hidden unrepentant sin floating around, and you have wise counsel, which is your church, you're, you're in your church, you're involved in your church, at that point you start doing what you want because you could be pretty sure that God is now guiding your desires. You're delighting in him. He's giving you the desires of your heart. That's what that means. And so it sounds like you're kind of in this world right now. And so you're fighting against it going, I want the, I'm doing this. I want this. And I'm not seeing anything from it. So this is where I say, rest, be still and wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Be still. Rest in this. God, you're sovereign. God, I want a husband. I want a family. I want kids. So, for I will wait for you, right? Then I will wait for you. I will rest in this knowledge of your sovereignty, of your providence, of your kingship. You are on the throne. And I will take this desire that I have and know that it has to be from you because I'm seeking you, and yet I don't have it yet. And so there's the, the tension. Where the tension is between God is sovereign and I have a desire, the tension in between that is wait for the Lord. Right? That's what we do. It's not easy, but you. this is where I say meditate through the Psalms, pray through the Psalms, and you'll find the psalmist over and over again waiting and resting kind of suppressing that anxiety and that stress with, with the waiting. This is what you do. And you will, I'm sure, have clarity in this as time goes by and you continue this pattern, praying, resting, understanding, believing, knowing who he is, knowing that he's good, knowing that he's sovereign, resting in that, still still attending church and going through whatever whatever activities you're doing in your local church, serving them, serving others, serving your friends, and then boom, one day, there he is, the husband. There he, he suddenly appears. It's crazy how that happens. Uh, but I see this happening with you either way by resting and waiting. I see either way, either single or not, I see clarity in that in your waiting. So if anyone wants to get a hold of me, you're listening to the podcast right now and you think, man, I would love for Granger to shoot me a text or send me a video message on something else, on some other subject, maybe a little pick me up. Maybe I wish Granger would give me a happy birthday wish or my brother's a huge fan. He could use a happy birthday. Maybe with the holidays coming up, you're thinking, what do I get my kid? What do I get my nephew? What do I get my brother or my wife? What, do I, what kind of present do I get them? They already have what they need. Well, how about a, how about a gift of Cameo? And what that is, is you go to cameo.com slash Smith, and you could find me on there. And you just say, hey, Granger, I want you to send a message to my wife and just say happy birthday or Merry Christmas, whatever you want me to say. It's right there in the app, in the form. It's super easy. I get that notification on my phone. I take it do the selfie cam, and then send it right back to you. Super easy, cameo.com slash Smith. That's C-A-M-E-O dot com. Or you can look for me on the Cameo app, Granger Smith.
All right, next question comes from Anonymous, and it says, Hey, Granger, I recently met a woman. I feel very good in her presence. She appreciates every little thing I do, and she's very energetic, thankful, and also very direct. It seems we are soulmates. In our conversation, I heard she is seven years older. In our conference, let me read that again. In our conversations, I heard she is seven years older. It's kind of an odd way to say that. Now I have some concerns that this age difference, especially me as a younger man, could lead into problems in a potential marriage. On the other hand, many people say it can work perfectly if you are really connected. I would appreciate to hear your thoughts on this topic. Man, great question. And I was really taken back by the way that you said, in our conversations, I heard she is seven years older. It's, it's like, I feel like you, you could have said, she told me she's seven years older. She told me her birthday, and I realized that was seven years older, but um, it's an interesting way that you worded it in our conversations, I heard, as if you were passive in that situation. <laughs> like, you didn't, you didn't comment on that. You just let it kind of go. Um, okay, thanks for the email, and I, I appreciate you, brother. I, I'm assuming, once again, this is a, another one of these examples of me just not knowing the the context here, but I'm assuming, let's say you are 25 and she's 32. Or let's say you're 22 and she's 30 or 29, right? Um, I, I, I see this, I, I, I feel you. Let me dive into something before I get into that, before I get into the age difference. Let me, um, let me dive into this idea of soulmate, because you know, you know, on this podcast, I reject that word soulmate. Um, that's a, that's an old pagan idea that you have half a soul and there is another half of your soul out there and it combines and it creates one and you, your soul becomes one finally, and they are your soul mate. And that's just, um, that's a false idea. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's this pagan idea that is, is blown way out of proportion, and you know, hence we have Valentine's Day and this idea that um, Cupid shoots his little arrow on two people, and that is the only way that it's going to happen. But the problem with thinking that way is that, the, okay, f for instance, this situation. If we go, okay, she's seven years older, I'm 23, and she's 30, and and I'm I'm thinking that by the time I'm 40 and she's 47, that's going to be a problem. But then you go, oh no, but it, she's my soulmate. I've already declared and I've told Granger on the podcast that she is my soulmate. And it, and, and it becomes, you see this problem where you feel like you can't, you can't pull away from that idea. And so you have to get, you have to get married because she's my soulmate. Okay. So, um, would reject that idea, okay? And as we move on into the question itself, I think if you're, first of all, could it work? Absolutely. I think it could be fantastic. Um, you you hear these kind of stories, and typically you see it the other way around. Typically you see the girl is 23 and the guy is 30 when it comes to a seven-year difference um, because of, and, and just here's my opinion inserting here, because of the intelligence level of women is, is usually higher than a man at in the stages of growth. And so you get, that's why at teenagers, when you have a 
15 year old teenager, she's just not, she usually is not going to relate to other 15 year old boys uh, because she's on like a 17 or 18 year old level of a boy, right? That's normal. We know this documented. Uh, but it's it's strange it's stranger to see it flipped where it's it's opposite and but that's not to say that it can't work i personally this is you hear all these like uh stutters i'm giving you here on this question because let me just give you my personal opinion i don't i don't like this idea i don't like this idea for many reasons um and one i think it, the good reason is it's still early right now um, I'm, I'm assuming you are not saying you love your, her yet. Hopefully not. You're hopefully not doing something like that. Please don't do that. Um, you're saying she's very direct. Of course she is because she's seven years older. She sees life differently. That's a big jump. If you're 23 and she's 30, if, if you are 30 and she's 37, she sees life differently because she's lived it longer in a, in a, in a time when things have really changed. Um, she looks at the world differently. So that's why she's very direct. She, that's just a maturity thing. That's not her necessarily. But here's why I don't like it. I don't like it because you don't have these nostalgic memories that you could draw on from your childhood because seven years is pushing into a world where she doesn't remember the same cartoons. She didn't play with the same toys. Her parents might not be uh, remotely the same age as your parents. She has probably a, a lot more boyfriends than you have had girlfriends. Um, she might have some career that's established way ahead of yours. There are potential problems down the road. All of those can be resolved if you love her and she loves you and and you've you are selfless towards her and she's selfless towards you. Of course that could be resolved, but I just personally don't like it, man. Um, and I'm thinking for these people that say, no, many people you say are saying it could work out perfectly, but you have the concerns and that's my issue, brother. That's my issue is that you have the concern with this age difference. And if you do now, you say as a younger man, you say, me as a younger man could lead into problems in a potential marriage. Why would you go into this knowing there's a potential problem? I don't like that, man. I don't like it because you brought it up and this is your idea. And I think that that small idea, that, that tiny little, that tiny little bit, bit of leaven, uh, you know, I, I feel like this is, this is something that probably should be cut out. That's my opinion. You don't have to do it. If you, regardless, don't move this relationship too fast. Uh, don't start saying you love her. Don't start telling her all intimate things uh, because you're still at a place right now where the heartbreak is is going to be minimal. So minimize the heartbreak by kind of cutting this out early. That's That's my opinion. Take it or leave it. Let's move on here to another question. All right, next question comes from Job. And... I think that's how you say it, J-O-A-B, Joab, one of the two. It says, hey, Granger, I hope this message finds you well. I'm 16 years old. I have a 16-year-old friend who is in a relationship with a man whose actions are causing her intense harm. My friend has dated this young man twice. She told me that the first time she had sexually assaulted her, he had sexually assaulted her, burned her with a lighter, 
pulled her arm and hair, thrown knives at her, and slashed her back with a knife. He was physically, he is physically abusive, emotionally manipulative, and engages in dangerous behavior such as substance abuse and criminal activity. So far, she's complained to me about him yelling at her in public to the point where pedestrians had to get involved. He is a high school dropout with a history of incarceration, no job, no future plans. My friend, on the other hand, holds a job and is the sole breadwinner in their relationship. She has even had to bail him out of jail multiple times. Sadly, she's now following his path, getting involved in substance abuse, drinking, partying, and skipping school. She used to have plans of going to college and going into the military, but since she started dating him, she seems to have given up on those goals. All right, Job. Appreciate the email, brother. And this could be great a great email for anyone else that's listening that might be inside this kind of relationship, right? So any of you girls out there or guys that are in a relationship like this, hey, maybe this is, this is an eye-opener for you as well. Let me dive into what I think this means. First of all, man, the youth, so young. I have a 16-year-old friend who's in a relationship with a young man whose actions are causing her immense harm. 16, that is just a few years older than my daughter. I'm assuming, Joab, that's what I'm going to call you. I'm assuming that you are about the same age. I'm assuming you're 16. That's my guess. So assuming you're 16, and we'll start with this. If this is happening and you see it, you need to get involved with authorities or her parents, probably both. Uh, and then your parents as well. This is not about um, keeping it a secret or let's brush this under the rug or let's, this is a private thing. Let's keep it private. This is nobody's business. No. When, when we're talking about 16 year old girl or any girl for that matter, she's sexually assaulted, which is a felony, by the way. Um, she has um, going through physical, ab- abusive, emotionally manipulative engagement, danger substance abuse, criminal, all this stuff. Let's call the cops. Let's get them involved. Let's call the principal of the school. Um, Let's get, um, this needs to happen, okay? Your parents, her parents, um, as as many people as you can get involved, uh, the better. And then that also takes the pressure off of you. It takes the pinpoint away from you. Like if you just call the cops and then it's on you. But if you go to all these people, then it's on everyone, and she can't just kind of pin, or he can't just pin one person to the person that uh, that let all this all this cat out of the bag here. So the other issue, and first of all, just take that. I, I could end right there. I could just end the question right there. But but um, furthermore, I think you love this girl. That would be my guess. I don't think. I don't think this would be an issue uh, if you didn't love this girl, really, truly. Um, And so if she was just a friend, sometimes after you've called the police, after you've dealt with all this, this is when we walk away. We go, this is a friend that has now, that that is now gone. I I, I can only do so much, but she's in a relationship now. And it's now it's weird because I'm a guy and how much can I just sit here and try to pull her back, right? So that's when it gets kind of weird. Um, but I don't think that's the case. I think, I I think she's more than a friend. I think you love this girl. And 
And because you love this girl, <laughs> which is complicated because you're, I also believe you're 16. Uh, so because you're 16, she's 16, you're, you're both underage. This is weird. But my point is uh, having coffee with her and telling her your true intentions, I think, I think it's about time for that as well. It's like, hey, I want to I have some coffee with you. I just want to tell you that you're with that guy and I've known you for a long time and I've seen your potential and I've believed in you and, and you've been so inspiring to me. And to see you now uh, give up your, your college plans, to give up your plans about going into the military, to see you now with these drugs and alcohol and the, the partying and the skipping school, it hurts my heart. But, but let me tell you why it hurts my heart. Because I'm in love with you, and you're more than a friend. I, I care about you so much, and this stuff bothers me because I truly want the best for you. That's what I want. And to see this hurts my heart because my heart is going after you. I think if you told her that, I think if you laid it out like that, you're, you're then giving her the option where she's maybe she hasn't heard that before. Maybe she, maybe she hasn't been truly loved by someone else. And you'd have to be very careful with those kind of words because you don't want to give your heart away or you don't want to bend her heart too much at this. But but this is kind of calling for a, a different conversation because she's getting sucked down this drain. So you want to be the guy standing in the way of the drain. And to do that, you might want to tell her the way you really feel. If you do, I'm just guessing this, but I think I think you feel more about her than just a friend. You started this whole email saying, I have a friend. It's admirable to think of a friend in this way, but, but I, think there, I think there might be more. Um, so call the authorities, get everyone involved. And after that, after everyone's involved and after we've kind of suppressed the situation, take her to coffee and tell her how you really feel. Next question here, subject line says family. And the email says, hello, Granger. My husband and I recently welcomed a little baby boy into our life. With my job, I was able to take 12 weeks of maternity leave to take care of our little one. I'm coming up to the end of the 12 weeks and struggling on whether or not to continue working full-time or quit to become a stay-at-home mom. I struggle because I love my career and the people I work with, but I almost feel I should stay home and raise a family. I'm scared of the unknown. I, I just don't know what to do. Do you have any advice? Uh, did you say anonymous? I don't think you did. The question comes from Jackie. And it's a good one. Jackie, thank you so much for emailing. And um, congratulations on your little beautiful baby boy. Um, that's amazing. First of all, it's amazing that you you were able to take the time off, the 12 weeks off, so that you could now arrive at this new kind of decision, this new kind of thought, uh, which I think is just fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> never been a mom. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is like to be a mom, but I could speak in terms of being a parent. And I could say this to you, Jackie, without reservation. You will not ever, ever regret taking the time away from your career and putting it into your baby boy or your toddler boy or your, your kindergarten boy 
or your elementary school boy, or your middle school boy, or your college-age boy, or your boy that just got married, or the boy that's now married and has a baby on the way, you will never, ever regret taking time away from that and putting it into a career. I said that the, I said that the other way around. You'll never, ever regret taking time away from your career and putting it into your family, your boy, Lord willing, more kids. Did you think about that? Because right now you're talking about uh, this new baby boy, but I mean, most likely, right? Lord willing, there's going to be another, a little girl, another little boy, uh, and maybe even another after that. I mean, I don't know if you would just stop at one. And so the problem's not going to go away. It's going to come back when you have another child, and then you've got a a two-year-old or a three-year-old, and then you're bringing another baby into the world, and you're thinking about then going back into your career again. um, I get that you... Listen, I love that you love your career. That's fantastic. It would... there would not be a sacrifice to be a mama at all if you said, I hate my job anyway, I just want to be a mama. But the beautiful thing about being a mama is you're saying to the world, you're saying, look, I, I love you and your shiny things that you have to offer. And I love the way it makes me feel to have this big career. And I love the idea of being ambitious and building something. That's the American dream, right, that we always talk about. And so I'm, I'm putting that to the side. I'm giving that up. I'm suppressing that so that I could do something even better. A dream that's even greater, and that's to be a mama. You will never regret that. Is it going to be easy? No. You're going to have less money in your house. You're going to have that nagging feeling like, oh, I'm, I feel less than the other women who are working in this big career. I feel less than the better version of myself that, that looks better physically, that has the fake eyelashes and the beautiful hair that I've now lost because of these pregnancies and, the, and my body isn't the way I wanted it to be if I was in that like sleek businesswoman suit that I, I kind of picture in my mind. Ah, forget it all. Forget it all. That's not life. That's a facade. That's Instagram. Being Life is messy. And being a mom and being messy in that is so much more fulfilling. Look, this is coming from, I hate to bring it up, but this is coming from a family that lost a child. Put it in that perspective. What if something happened to this boy? What if he got it at some kind of illness? and you're working in your career, how much would you look back and go, I would give anything, anything to have those days back, the days I went back to the office to trade them and take them back and pour them into my little boy, but I don't have it now. What if you were going to say that'd be pretty pretty rough? Yeah. What you're feeling is right. The struggle that you have is right. But the sacrifice that I know you will make for this little boy is the right thing to do. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this one. The, the uh, subject line says help. And the email says, Hey Granger, my name is Henry. I'm from Alberta. And my question is, I have a monitor and a PS4 and I am, I am so addicted to playing FS22. FS22. Everyone's like, Granger, you don't know what that is. And, and I want to quit. Like I don't 
I'm trying to read this exactly like he wrote it. And I want to quit. It seems like I don't have the power to quit. Do you have any advice to help me quit or what I should do? Ask the Lord and pray. And I am a huge fan of your podcast. Thank you for what you do. First of all, Henry, um, the, you, you're playing so much PS4 that you have forgotten punctuation in your emails. And that will eventually catch up with you. Um, and I'm kind of kidding, but I'm kind of not kidding because I think sometimes you can play uh, video games so much that you literally forget how to type. And But I'm thankful that you did type this email for me. So let's walk through it practically. Let's try to come up with a practical way for you, brother, to quit this. First of all, there's nothing inherently wrong with playing PS4. I don't know what FS22 is. I don't know what that means. Um, can't can't even guess. Um, is that? I don't know. I don't know what FS22 is, um, but it doesn't matter. I I think that there's nothing inherently wrong with playing PS4, playing video games. In fact, I do know people that use that as a uh, stress reliever. They put it like a time on it. They're like, hey, man, I'm going to get get on here for 30 minutes and just play football or do whatever uh, for 30 minutes, and it's a good stress reliever. I know, I know people that have been like that. That's just the way their brain works, and that's kind of the way they unpack their brain. Um, you know, but my brother Tyler has, has gone through periods in his life when he's done that. But we need to think of a practical way because you've realized, you've recognized that you're addicted to it. And so what it sounds like is this is not like 30 minutes of stress relief. This has become, this is what you do. <laughs> you go through this and you, you end up doing it for hours and hours. And then you're, you're starting to stay up too late. And then you stay up too late playing these video games and it's causing you to then sleep late. And then you're missing out on life because you're not being productive during the day, right? That's, that's what I think you didn't say, but that's what I think you mean. And that's the problem. Um, first of all, you live in Alberta, and that is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And that is not the place to be playing video games when you could be out enjoying those incredible mountains. If you're not close to the mountains, maybe you can get to the mountains because that, those mountains are some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on this planet Earth. Um, but if we want to think of practical ways to do this, the, the one, if you want to just kill it, then you take the uh, PS4 tomorrow to the pawn shop. I don't think you want to do that, but I promise you, if you do, it's going to end your addiction pretty quick. So how bad do you want to quit? Because you can take that thing to the pawn shop tomorrow and you're done. I don't think that's what you're asking me. I don't think that's what you want, but I'm, I don't think that that's uh, off, off the table. I think that's a pretty good idea. Um, so then let's, let's move to a second layer of practically stopping this addiction to playing PS4. Um, there are things, I know I've seen this. Oh, okay, on your TV, for instance, if it's a smart TV, most likely it has a, a timer on it. And you could set the screen time monitor on the TV itself. So you could say at... What, let me think of a time. You're probably playing late. So I'm going to say at 10 o'clock, even that's late. That's late for me. But we'll go with that. Say you're, you usually play till 1 a.m. At 10 p.m., your TV is going to turn off. 
Now you could override that. And so it depends on how heavy this addiction is. But if your TV cuts off, do you have the integrity? Do you have the willpower, the self-discipline to say, oh, TV's off. I'm done. 10 p.m. I'm cut off. You could do that. There are also, if your TV's on a smart TV, there are devices you can get on Amazon that you plug into the wall outlet, and then you plug your TV into that little nugget that you plugged into the wall outlet, and that thing itself could be hooked up to your smartphone or a timer on itself. They have just analog ones that are just a timer, and it's going to kill power to that TV at whatever time you set. If you set it analog and you said 10 p.m., it's going to kill power to the TV. It's going to go off at 10 p.m. Um, so there's that. There's the smartphone idea where your smartphone's going to remind you, hey, no more screen time at 10 p.m. But all of, all of those things are also going to rely on a pretty, pretty healthy self-discipline, Henry, which I'm not sure if you have, you have built this up. But that's, that's something that you build, by the way. That's something that you grow. That's a strength that you will build just like a muscle. So self-discipline, if you have bad self-discipline, um, that's something you could improve on slowly. You could slowly build that and grow it like you would a bicep, right? Um, but on top of all of these things, all the suggestions I've given you, what we need to do really on top of that is also replace this with something else that becomes the new habit. So you're replacing this old bad habit with a new good one. And so how do we do that? Well, we need to find something that is productive, right? This would require you and I sitting in the truck, driving on a back road, having a discussion. But let me just throw some things out. We know reading is good. We know reading is good and reading could really help you. You didn't even put a single bit of punctuation on this email you sent. Reading could do well for you. Um, and so we would go into whatever S FS22 is, I'm not sure, but... We could do whatever genre that is and find some kind of action book that you start reading that's like super easy to read, very entertaining, and you go, okay, when my TV cuts off at 10 p.m., I pull out that action book. I pull out this mystery book. I pull out the old Hardy Boys book, if y'all remember the Hardy Boys. It's these, these two brothers that go out on these adventures and they, they solve these mysteries. And it could be really interesting. And if you got hooked on one of those, then you could be you could leave off chapter five, right? You 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 end chapter five, and you play your PS4 until 10 p.m. And then you go, man, all right, I can't wait. To, I, I'm sad that I don't have to get to start keep playing this PS4, but I just remembered I, I'm on I'm on chapter six of this book that I'm into. And so you go get your, your comfortable chair and you get that book and you open up the chapter six and you, you don't, don't overdo it, but you read just a little bit and you start cultivating a new love, a new habit, breaking away from that other addiction. A lot of ways to skin a, skin a rabbit here, but um, those are some suggestions. And, and if you want to email me back, Henry, uh, if we can kind of follow up on this, I would love to. It's these, these, this is why this podcast is difficult to answer one question with one answer. Um, it's something we need to kind of walk through. But if anyone has another question for me, email me, podcast at grangersmith.com. Again, that's podcast at grangersmith.com. We'll throw it in the queue and we'll get to it. I appreciate you guys so much, and we'll see you next Monday. I'm going to leave you with a Bible verse from Isaiah 46.10. 
And I love this verse because it's, it's reminding us of the sovereignty of our God. Nothing slips past his hands. Everything is within his providence. Let me read it for you. Isaiah 46.10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. See you next Monday. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. Yee yee. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Thermador at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.